Okay, guys, so we're going to jump into the sermon tonight. Um, but I just want to pray for us that God would really speak to us tonight and that he would be the one to meet you where you are at tonight and that he would translate tonight's message for where you are at. And so that after the service, you will know exactly what God is asking of you. So let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you for this missions month. We thank you, God, for our reach week, um, for the incredible testimonies, Lord, for what you're doing in the nations. Lord, thank you for the outreach yesterday, God, and for the opportunities that we have um, to step into some of the broken places and just see your heart and experience your heart. And I pray tonight, God, as we look at your word, Lord, Holy Spirit, come and minister to us, come and speak to us, and come and call us to your heart and to, to your people, Lord. And may we step into what you have for us as sons and daughters and as your church. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, guys. So tonight we are going to speak about social responsibility and social justice. And so this can be a topic sometimes that seems a bit almost radical or it almost seems overwhelming and big and heavy, but I want to invite you tonight into what I like to call a pilgrimage, okay? So last year, March, lockdown happened. Do you guys remember that? Okay, the president spoke and we were all in our homes and there were all these sermons going on of how God paused the world to speak to us. Do you remember that? Anyone remember that? And a lot of us got to spend more time in the Word, got to spend more time in prayer, and we just had a lot of time to sit and to think. Okay? And what happened to me in that time was a little bit of turmoil and frustration and, and almost a little bit of a breakdown <laughs> because... As I was spending time with God and as I was spending time in the Word, I saw scriptures that I've read many times before, but all of a sudden, these scriptures challenged me to my core, and I didn't know how to respond. I didn't know, like, God, what are you saying? What are you asking of me to do? And I think all of us became more aware of needs in our country all of us became more aware of, you know, people around us suffering, people around us that don't necessarily have food or know where their next paycheck is coming from and all of these things. And the more that, that I, I saw these things and the more that I saw these scriptures, I realized that when God speaks about righteousness, he always links it with justice. Like there are so many scriptures, and I think many of you might have seen that when God speaks in, in the Bible about righteousness, it's always righteousness and justice. Righteousness and justice. Over and over and over, those two concepts are linked. And um, even if you look at the book of Job, where Job lost everything and he's going through this terrible time, and as he's trying to explain to his friends that he is a righteous man, one of the things that he speaks of is how he took care of orphans and widows and did all these things. And so the more that I read these scriptures and they stood out to me, 
Um, I'm at a space now where I feel like I can't read the Bible and not read that, like not see God's heart for, for the lost, the oppressed, those that feel stuck in their circumstances, those that don't have a way out, um, for the orphan, the widow. And these big topics bothered me, but I didn't know what to do. And so I decided to go on a pilgrimage, okay? So there's many definitions of what a pilgrimage is, but a pilgrimage to me is there are moments in my faith journey with God where I got to a space where I feel almost like a, like I don't know what to do with this. And then I go on a pilgrimage to seek God and to say to him, teach me, show me, lead me to walk into what you have. And many religions and stuff see pilgrimages as going to a specific country or temple to go and look for God. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is seeking God in places where you wouldn't necessarily normally go, if that makes sense. Okay, so yes, you go into the scripture and yes, you go into prayer, but you also say to God, Lord, take me to places where I wouldn't normally go. Or God, make me meet people that you want me to meet. And so slowly but surely, I started this journey of discovering God's heart for social justice. And God started breaking my heart for some of the injustices that's going on in our world. And I saw brokenness and I saw darkness and many, many evils. And as I walked with God and I, I saw these things, He started revealing to me how He is working in these areas. And so tonight, I want to invite you on a pilgrimage with me, okay? We are going to look at Scripture and we are going to look at different stories and things happening in our world, but I want you to see it as a pilgrimage. I want you to see it as God wanting to reveal to you His heart and what He is busy with and what He is doing. So are you ready for that? Okay, awesome. Let's do this. So I started with one of the scriptures in the New Testament. And um, I'm going to read it for us, and uh, you will see why the scripture challenged me. So Matthew 25, verse 34, 31 to 46, it says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, okay, so this is Jesus speaking. So Jesus is telling this story. Right before this, he speaks about how the church needs to be awake and we need to have our oil lamps full and everything. And so just to introduce this, Jesus is speaking and he says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, so when Jesus comes and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, and he will, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And so this is what he says about the sheep, the people that are on his right. They are the ones that's going to inherit the kingdom. And this is how he defines them. He says, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. 
I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king um, will answer them. Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of my brothers, you did it to me. Okay. And then he goes on to describe the other side of the people. And he says, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me naked and you did not clothe me sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? And then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Whew. Okay, so that scripture made me uncomfortable. I looked at that scripture and I was like, hmm, I think I'm a goat. And that's not to condemn you, like God does not condemn us. But I just went to God and I said, Lord, what does this mean for me? Because I see the need in our world. And I don't think any of us look at the poor and say, like, I enjoy seeing poor people. None of us do. None of us wish that on anyone. But it's so overwhelming, the need, that we don't know where to start. And I went to God and I said, Lord, what are you saying? Like, what am I doing? I want to live for you. I want to live for your kingdom. But where do I start? Because I do not want to stand in front of Jesus one day and say, Lord, I did not know what to do. I did not know where to start. I looked at the people on the street and everyone told me that you shouldn't give them money because you just keep them on the street. I, I don't want to give him that excuse and say, that's my excuse, that's why I didn't do anything. But I also don't want to feel condemned and guilty because that is the enemy, that is not God. The Holy Spirit brings conviction and whatever he calls us to, he empowers us to walk into. And so I knew a pilgrimage was necessary because I knew that if he is speaking to me about this, then he wants me to do something, but he's the one that's going to do it. And so I said, okay, Lord, I'm here. Speak to me. Show me what you want to say to me. And that's when I, I started realizing that more and more in the world with people around me, God has been speaking the same message to so many of us as his church. God is calling his church into a time of, of bringing restoration, of bringing healing, of, of bringing his healing, not our own. So we are not the ones that's going to fix it. We are not the one that, need, that, that needs to go find all the solutions now. But we are the ones that needs to believe that he is doing something in our time and say, yes, Lord, I want to join you. I want to get involved. So lead me and guide me and take my life and do something. And so 
we've been part of this missions week and we've been praying and, and there's been many times where we fasted. And the one scripture that's been coming up over and over and over as I've been speaking to different people, and I honestly feel like this is almost like a prophetic scripture for us at the moment, and that is Isaiah 58. Now, this is again a long scripture, so bear with me. But I want you to hear God's heart here. He says, well, it starts out basically with Israel saying, why have we fasted and you see it not? Okay, so why, why are we praying and fasting, God, but where are you? What are you doing? Okay, and I think some people feel like that a little bit sometimes with some of the stuff going on right now. And they go on to say, why have we humbled ourselves and you take no acknowledgement of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a, with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose, a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like, bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? So God is saying here that sometimes we fast, but we are not actually seeking his God. We are seeking our own whatever we want, our breakthroughs, our answers, our lives need to fall into place. So God, I am seeking you, but I'm actually seeking you for my own motives. And then God says, am I a God that expects you to just humble yourself and give me all of these sacrifices? There's another scripture in Amos 5 where he says, I'm tired of your sacrifices. I'm tired of your praise and worship songs. Like, bring me your heart. And so he continues and he says, Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose? Now listen to this. To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and to bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him? and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and the speaking of wickedness. If you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail." And listen to this, the end of the promise. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. And so what God is saying in the scripture, he is calling us to what we call social responsibility. But he calls us with a promise. He calls us saying that this is my heart and where you go, if you go where my heart is, I will be there and you will find me and I will answer you. And 
If you really understand this, looking at all of the scriptures, speaking about justice and righteousness, you will see that God does not just answer us in terms of the justice that we're trying to alleviate, but he answers our own needs as well. And he satisfies our own hearts and everything that we need. It's a concept where the Bible speaks of, as we build his house, he builds our house. And that is what God is calling us today. He is saying, if you understand my heart, if you look at what breaks my heart, then I will work in your life and through your life, and I will give you everything that you need. And that's that scripture in, in, in Matthew as well that says, if we seek the kingdom of God, all these things will be added unto us. We do not have to worry about what we will eat or what we will drink or what we will wear because he will provide all of those things. And so I realized throughout all of these scriptures that God is calling us to his heart. And the response there is not necessarily immediately to jump into social responsibility or social justice and just start doing things because now I have to fix it. It's on me. The response is, or the right response is, to say, Lord, show me what you see and then call me to what you are calling me to. Because God is not calling all of us to the same things. And I need you to hear that tonight. God does not expect the same response from all of us. And so I don't want you to feel condemned tonight and feel like, okay, Marielle is telling me I need to go feed all the poor now, and I need to go clothe them, and I need to find money, and I need to have a fundraiser, and I need to fix this. Because that is not going to fix it. The need that they have is, is not so much, it is physical, but the actual need is way deeper. It is spiritual. And so it's important for us to, to have the right response. And so where do we start? As a pilgrim, I want to speak to you as my fellow pilgrims. And so first of all, we need to get informed. Okay, and so that's what I did. I started reading about different things going on in our world, and I just allowed God to show me stuff. And I looked at movies and documentaries and things that I wouldn't normally wanted to watch because they made me uncomfortable. But I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to read, I'm going to watch, because I want you to show me what you see. And so I did that prayerfully. The second thing is to get inspired. As you get informed about all of the ugliness and stuff that's going on in the world, you get discouraged and you get sad and you get disturbed and you struggle to sleep and that's not always fun. But you also meet incredible people that are busy doing incredible work for God's kingdom and you can see what they're doing is supernatural. You can see that God's hand is on it. And you can see that they're only walking in obedience. They don't even know most of the time, um, you know, what the next step is for them. They're just saying, yes, Lord, here I am, send me. And so get inspired by these people. Get inspired by people's stories. Read books of the legends that have changed the world. People like William Wilberforce that, that fought against the slave trade. Look at his life and be inspired by that and say, Lord, what do you want to do with my life? Thirdly, get exposed, okay? So go on outreaches. Um, 
Exposure is not just outreaches. Exposure can also be to meet just people and organizations that are already doing incredible things. But when you go on an outreach, like we did yesterday, when you're there, it's different. Like tonight, I'm going to show you some of the stuff that's happening. But it's so different when you actually step into those areas and you speak to the people and you touch them and you hold that baby. It's so different because you realize that this is a human being in front of you. And if not for God's grace, their life could have been your life. And that does something to you. And as you get exposed, and you need to do all of this prayerfully, you get involved. And that's the last step, okay? And that takes time. That's why it's a pilgrimage. Because you need to allow God through every step to touch your heart, to speak to you, to show you what is the specific area where he wants you to get involved. And he's not a forceful God that's going to expect you to quit your job and now you have to start your own organization and your own orphanage and everybody now has to save the whole world. No, there are already amazing people doing these things. But you just need to go to God and say, Lord, what are you asking of me? Where can I get involved? So one of the places where I started is with orphans, which is not the place where I would have started. Um, I don't know that much about children and babies, and I'm not necessarily the kind of girl that sees a baby and immediately my response is, I just want to pick it up. I'm more like, you hold it and can I help you with something? I'll do stuff for you, okay? And so every nation held an orphan training, and I told Andre, well, we've been praying about these things, and now this comes up, so I'm going to do it. And so he did it with me. And we learned so much about just the problem going on in our nation and incredible people that are fostering babies and children and people that are adopting children, um, different orphanages and things going on. And I think that experience just showed me that the Father heart of God is good enough for any child. And the Father heart of God is good enough for us to be able to step into those places and, and, and say, Lord, I, I don't know how to help this child, but because you're a good father to me, I will trust you and I will trust that your gospel is going to be enough for this life, enough for this life to transform. And so just some information that, that yeah, it's not nice to know, but 3,500 babies are abandoned every year in our nation. Like abandoned. Like either in a dustbin or sometimes they just drop them in the alley near two hospitals or sometimes they literally put them in a plastic bag in a field. They're just abandoned. In 2014, there was an estimated 3.7 million orphans in South Africa. I think that number has largely increased up till now. 51% of children grow up in households that are in extreme poverty, consuming 647 rand per person per month. Okay, so you try to live on that alone for a month. And so a whole family living on that. 51% of youth aged 18 to 24 did not have the financial means to pay for their tuition. Okay, so... 
These stats are not nice to hear and they're overwhelming. But the thing is, when we prayerfully consider this and we see some of the incredible things that are happen- happening, people that are countering this, it encourages us to say, Lord, but I can get involved. And I want to get involved. The second thing that I looked into, and this is something that's been bothering me for years, is human trafficking or human slavery. And so for years I thought that, you know, that doesn't really, like I knew that it happens, but I didn't know how extreme it was. And um, yeah, I just didn't know how much this ugly thing is growing in the world. And slavery and human trafficking is not just for, you know, sex workers in the sex world. Um, Children are being trafficked and used as child laborers where they are put in terrible warehouses and used for cheap labor. And even men, men are being trafficked for the same reason. And mostly this trafficking happens because of poverty, because people are just in a vulnerable situation and someone exploits that and promises them a job, and they fall for it, and then they end up in these horrible situations that they cannot get out of. And so, just some information on this. There are more people enslaved today than any other time in history. This is a $150 billion industry. 40.3 million people are enslaved. 71% of them are women, 29% are men, and 25% are children. Slavery happens in every country. Every country. 5.4 out of every 1,000 people are enslaved in the world. And so I'm going to let us quickly look at a video, um, two videos. So the one is Christine Kane that just speaks of how she became aware of this and how God called her to start something, to just act on this. Um, And the next one is just a video to expose us to how this actually happens in the world. So let's look at these videos. When you get exposed to what's actually happening in the world, um, it's quite disturbing, right? It's, It's not comfortable to look at that video and say, oh, that's, you know, whatever. Um, And the more that you learn about these things happening in our world, the more you see that it's everywhere, um, that it's happening right under our noses. And I don't know where you are at with God and with the poor or the orphan or the human trafficked victim or whatever. Maybe God is pressing some other issue on your heart. Maybe it is um, abortion. I I don't know, like Andre and I watched that movie Unplanned And yo, that's not a lack of movie to watch. Whatever it is, um, God is calling us. And so, again, I understand that these things are overwhelming. But church, we need to wake up. We cannot live in our bubbles and in our comfortable lives and drive past all the need on our way to church and just go on with our lives and leave these things God is calling us. And I understand that a lot of times we don't know how to respond or where to start or where to get involved. And that's okay. 
That is okay. But I want to invite you to say to God, Lord, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to give you my heart. Because sometimes we, we see these things and it bothers us, but we don't know how to respond. And then maybe we'll go on an outreach or two, and then we don't know how to respond. And we sort of harden our hearts, or we do things to numb ourselves and to say, I don't know what to do, and that's not my problem, so I'm just going to go on with my life. But I believe that God is calling us, and I believe that here are people that God is speaking to you about specific things, and we don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know. Like Bianca, she has a heart for orphans. Bianca, do you know um, when you're starting your orphanage? She doesn't know. She doesn't know if she's ever going to start an orphanage. She doesn't know how it's going to look. She doesn't have money. She doesn't have anything to do it with. But she's just saying, Lord, break my heart. Make me hate what you hate and love what you love. Even, um, let's take Adelia. She has a heart for Africa and she wants to one day go and maybe possibly be a teacher in Africa and and work there with, with the vulnerable people there. Um, Adelia, when are you going? She doesn't know. She doesn't know if she'll ever go. But she's at a space where she's saying, Lord, break my heart. Expose me. Show me the ugly things of the world. I don't want to grow up all like boxed in and safe and live in a bubble. I want to expose myself to the brokenness of the world. I want to walk into Hillbrow and be shocked so that, God, you can fill me up with more of you so that I can become a vessel. And even for myself, um, I think the one that, that's really bothering me at the moment is human trafficking. I have no idea where to start, but I'm meeting some incredible people that have started and they're doing something. And, and I'm seeing what they're doing and I'm, I'm, I'm like, Lord, I don't know how, but I want to get involved. And I don't know what it's going to look like for me either. But I want to invite you, church. God is calling us. He wants to take us on a journey, not just of seeing a broken world, but of seeing his gospel. Seeing his gospel actually transform this world, because that's what the gospel does. That's why we have the gospel. When we go into those places, we see Jesus at work. There's a quote by Mother Teresa that says, I know I am touching the living body of Christ in the broken bodies of the hungry and the suffering. Mother Teresa worked with um, people with leprosy and, and very poor people. And this, this is what I experience now when I go out on outreaches. Before I went and I didn't understand and I felt overwhelmed. But now when I go, I go with Jesus and I say, Jesus, show me. Show me your love. Show me your heart. Show me what you want to do. And the more I'm being exposed, I do have some sleepless nights. I get a lot of nightmares. But you know what? In those moments when I wake up and I lie in my bed and I can't sleep, I lie there and pray. Because all of a sudden, I can't do anything but pray. And that's what God is calling us to. He's calling us into 
deeper prayer, deeper intimacy, so that when we go out to those people and they ask us for bread or food or whatever, we do that and we do get involved, but we say to them, as Peter said, sometimes I don't have bread or money or whatever, but that which I do have, I give to you. I give to you Jesus. I give to you the gospel. I give to you the healing power. Because their true need is their restoration with God so that the healing can come, so that they can start feeling restoration and worth in themselves again. And through that, we can then help them onto a new path. And so, as a church, we are very young in our social responsibility and in our social justice, but we want to invite you on the journey. And so, the response when it comes to exposure and that we want to call you to just say, inform me and expose me. So if you want to know a little bit more about the places of safety and the baby havens and the, the orphanages, we have our Every Nation Tuane Foundation now, which is an NGO where we are getting involved in different areas with orphans. Um, we have exposure, we have trainings. If you yourself might consider maybe one day adopting or being a foster parent, there are people that you can speak to um, we also have these places of safety that you can speak to Bianca to, to get involved. Um, we also have Just Home, which is just here in Centurion, where we are involved and we're trying to help Anne um, to see what they need. And what we're doing isn't much yet, but God can do so much with a little bit of faith. God can do so much. And even now with, with Brave to Love, we are getting involved with their outreaches as well. And so if you want to know a little bit more about that, you're welcome to come and speak to me. And if you just want to know more about social responsibility and some of the injustices and things, get involved. Please speak to Danae. Danae, I don't see you. Where are you? She's way there at the back. Um, she's going to be at the info table after the service. But if you want to get involved, if you want to be informed, please go sign up and say, I'm here. Sign me up. Let's do something. I don't know what, I don't know where, but not on my watch. I want to get involved. I want to do something. And again, it's not, we're not going to jump into works. We're going to prayerfully go to God and say, break my heart for what breaks yours, because it's from that space where he fills us that we are able to go out and make a difference. You can go to the last slide with the cross. I want you to fix your eyes on Jesus. He is the one that went to the places that I spoke about now. I think if Jesus was alive today, he would have gone to you know, the places of safety. He would have been in Hillbrow. And I think the thing that we don't realize is he is there. He's everywhere. He's with us. But when we go to those places, we don't go alone. We don't go in our own authority. And we say that we want to be lights to the world, but would you put on a flashlight in this venue? Nope, because there's already some light here. You would go and take a flashlight somewhere in the dark, where there's a dark alley, and then you would use your flashlight. And that's the thing. We don't have to fight with darkness. We don't have to look deeper into the darkness and be overwhelmed by it. 
we just need to look at the light and be inspired by him and be loved by him. And in that deep place of intimacy, we can walk out in authority. We can go and pray. We can see miracles and healings happening because he is the one that goes ahead of us. He is the one that brings breakthrough and change. And so we're going to respond now. And first of all, I just want you to maybe turn to the person next to you and just share with them where you are at on your pilgrimage. Like, what has God been speaking to you about? What's the one thing happening in our society that breaks your heart or that really bothers you? And what do you think might be your next step? Okay, so maybe just share with the person next to you. I know that it's sometimes difficult to identify your next step, but again, I want to encourage you, don't now jump in and try and go start your own NGO or whatever. Okay, baby steps. We take it one day at a time. We just obey Jesus. We just follow him. Um, And there's no pressure in that because whatever God calls us to, he will provide. He's the one that does it. Okay, he's the one that does the work. And so I don't want you to feel pressure tonight. And that's why we're going to end with praise and worship. We're going to respond to God. And so I want us to take a moment now and just think of everything that you are thankful for in your life. And um, I'm going to pray for us. And we're just going to thank God for that. And from that space of saying, thank you, Lord, we can praise him and worship him, but we can also start declaring his praise over this earth because the earth is broken. But many times it's through praise and worship and prayer that God brings change. And so that's our starting point. That is where we start. And when you are on this pilgrimage, I want to encourage you, when you look at something and it bothers you and it disturbs you, you go back into your room and you praise and you worship God and you spend your time in prayer. And then you on an outreach again and you feel disturbed and your heart is broken and you go back into your room and you praise and you worship your God because he is good and he is moving and he is changing things and he is the one that will give you the strength he is the one that will keep your heart alive so that your heart does not become desensitized and calloused and hard but he's the only one that can help us to really make a difference in this world there is not enough money in the world that can fix those problems It is Jesus and the gospel and the good news. And so let's take a moment now and I'm just going to leave a bit of silence and just close your eyes and just thank God for everything in your life that you are thankful for. Lord, we want to thank you for our lives. We thank you that we can be here tonight, God. Thank you that we are safe. Thank you that we have homes. Thank you, Lord, that we have food. Thank you, Lord, that we have clothes, that we have opportunities. Thank you that we have freedom. But more than that, Lord, thank you that we have you. Thank you, Jesus, that we have you. 
Thank you, Lord, that we have the gospel. Thank you that we have an almighty, powerful God, that we have a heavenly Father who loves us, that we have a God that is in control, that we have a God that created this world perfect and is busy restoring it and will one day restore it back. Lord, thank you that one day there will be no tears, there will be no disease, there will be no poverty. And Lord, thank you that now already you are working in people's lives, Lord, that you are bringing healing and restoration and revival in this earth. And Lord, we just want to worship you and praise you for that, Lord. And we want to trust you for more, Lord. We want to pray for more, Lord. Come and use us. Come and wake us up as your sons and daughters to be a powerful church, to be an impacting church, to be a relevant church and to go with your good news and to bring victory and to bring healing, to set the captives free. Thank you, Lord, that you anoint us. Thank you, Lord, that you go ahead of us. Thank you, Lord, that when you call us, you are the one that empowers us. And God, I pray now that as we respond in praise and worship, Lord, that the heavens will shake the earth and that all those broken places will shake tonight, Father. Thank you for the outreaches that we had this weekend, Lord, and I pray for every seed that was planted there, for every prayer that was prayed, that God, you would bring it into fruition. Lord, that you are working in this earth, and as you are working in our hearts tonight, Lord, you are calling us to greatness, Lord, because of your gospel and because of your victory. So Lord, we want to respond and praise you and worship you and thank you. Can we just praise Jesus for a moment, just where you are? Clap your hands, shout to him. Awesome. Let's stand and worship our God.